All right, hey everyone. While we wait for our consultant team to get on the call here, um, might help to give a little context. Uh, are there some people on this call who wonder why they're on this call or what the heck this project is? Um, maybe some at least. So I might just just briefly um, talk about that. So we are uh, moving forward on transit facility project that has been in discussions for close to 10 years, um, trying to figure out a better place to put a majority of our bus operations and where we do transfers. Um, and we have a consultant team in town this week doing a large number of stakeholder meetings and public meetings to help us move the ball forward on concept design, at least get us to the place where we have some 2D drawings maybe at the end of the week of what um, site might look like. So the project is actually two sites. Uh, we have the primary transfer facility that we've been working with KU on out at the southeast corner of Bob Billings and Crestline. And we're looking to do um, about 10 bus bays out in that um, at that site. There will still be the need for some activity in the downtown area. So we're also looking at um, space for around five bus bays downtown. Um, as a point of comparison, we currently have eight routes that transfer at one point um, downtown. So um, just to set a little context for the couple of um, sites that, that we're talking about. So I do see Tony has joined us. Um, and he's part of our consultant team and there's Taryn. So I'll let them introduce themselves. But this week is really to, to get us to the point where we understand some programming, um, what concerns, challenges people think we uh, might encounter. Um, but I will uh, turn it over to Tony and Taryn, let them introduce themselves and I'm happy to jump back in as needed. Okay, so I'm going to on just in case people come in. I'll tell All right, them. thanks, uh, Adam. Can you yeah. folks hear us okay? We have an internet connection that is seems to be spotty over here at Peasley too, so apologies. <laughs> um, so sorry for the delay in getting started here. Um, you know, again, uh, this week, our mission, and I think as I think most of the folks that are in this call, were they on our kickoff meeting this morning? There are a number of folks who are pretty new to this discussion on this call today. Um, so different city departments and divisions that, that uh, might be interested or impacted by this work. Um, so you've got a lot of new faces with us. Um, yeah, let me, I mean, you're going to have to bear with me. I might have to try to, a different internet connection. Hold on. Join mine. Here. I'll be able to come in here now. Okay. How about now, Adam? Do we finally have audio here? All right. <laughs> um, so technology has grabbed us, grabbed us by the heel, <laughs> I guess, today on this last round of meetings here. So again, um, the purpose of this meeting, and we only have 30 minutes left. We'll, we'll go a little bit over if we have to. But uh, again, Adam, did you describe the project before I got on both? I did, I did give an overview. Uh, we do have a lot of uh, folks on this call who haven't uh, been involved in this project very much, but there are other departments and divisions that uh, might okay. be interested or have ideas. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Adam. All right. so. I'll talk fast uh, and concise. So the mission here this week in our immersion program is to get as much information and as much feedback as possible. Uh, my name is Tony, I'm 
with Wendell. I have on my left, Taryn, uh, an architect also with Wendell. The other two members of our team are on another call. Um, so what we're here for this week is to hear about um, your concerns, your ideas for the two distinct projects that we're working on. One is the transfer center downtown, which we want to have uh, accommodate at least five buses. Uh, we talk about a sawtooth configuration. We've looked at uh, five different sites in downtown. On Vermont Street, we have three sites and on New Hampshire Street, we have two sites. In all cases and all five sites, we're looking at um, parking lots, curbs, and um, trying to disrupt as little parking as possible, but yet accommodate um, the canopies and the bus slips that are needed for the transferring that's downtown. Um, I'm sure many of you are probably familiar with the 2018 study, um, which attempted to cite the entire project downtown. Um, that uh, project has now kind of been split into two projects. So the other element that we're looking at is the multimodal out at uh, uh, Bob Billings Parkway and Crestline Drive uh, that's owned by the campus. That's where the primary transfer hub is gonna be now. Um, it's gonna accommodate bike users, pedestrians, kiss and ride or you know, drop-offs, inner city carrier, and then 10 bus slips. It's gonna have a four to 5,000 square foot uh, waiting area um, and support areas for possibly ticketing, uh, driver restrooms, driver break room, um, just some of those basic things. Um, so our goal this week is to come up with some ideas for design on that site out at uh, Bob Billings, as well as to uh, hear your concerns about the downtown operation and things you'd like to see there. Um, so with that, I think, you know, feel free to, because of, you know, how we're actually kind of scrambling here, I think it might be easier to just have you unmute and let's just have a conversation with the time that we have left. So with that, um, let's start with um, the downtown uh, transfer site. Uh, we'd like to hear uh, feedback and comment on that. Do you have the, mm -hmm. the, the whiteboard? Yes. Okay. You maybe see a whiteboard coming up here as well. And uh, that's where we're trying to capture your comments and your ideas. So I wanna just kind of open the floor up. Uh, my name is Brad Harrell, I'm the parking supervisor. Do you happen to have a, um, a map where we could see the different locations that um, you're potentially looking at? Um, Let's see. Um, we should be able to start another Zoom and get that for you. Yes, Brad. But essentially, um, the three sites on Vermont are, let's see, we're going to let Taryn share her screen here. I can't share. Okay, all right. So we're on Vermont between 10th and 11th. Um, Vermont between 9th and 10th. Vermont between 9th and 10th. And Vermont between 8th and 9th. So those are the three Vermont um, sites. They're currently all parking lots. Um, and then the same would be then for New Hampshire. We're looking at New Hampshire between 8th and 9th, as well as New Hampshire between 7th and 8th. 
Now, we're already seeing some elevation issues on uh, one of the New Hampshire sites. And we're also seeing um, the site in the center, that'd be the second site on Vermont, um, appears like it's on the small side where it would literally probably take the entire lot and even then still might not work. So that, I think the three sites that we're, that we're kind of uh, narrowing down to already are the two sites on, on both what's called the postage stamps on each end of Vermont. Um, do those, are those familiar to you, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty familiar with, with the downtown parking, but you know, it's gonna be right. really hard for the people on this call to really have an idea of what sites you're you know, requesting feedback on if, if we don't have some type of map to see those. So um, yeah, I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just trying to help everybody kind of oh, see no. where because right now we don't even know if you're talking about eastbound or, or excuse me, northbound or southbound. It's just pretty hard to visualize. Right. Um, I see what you're saying. Yes. Um, you know, we're so early in the design phase, Brad, that I think at this point we're more concerned about program and um, neighborhood impacts or concerns that you have about, you know, um, for example, one of the sites we had some discussion about, um, which is the one that's the largest, longest one. That's um, the, most one. the one that's the northernmost site on that's Vermont. Vermont For example, it has a continuous center turn lane. So maybe to lessen the parking impacts, um, we have some civil engineers looking at that today that we're saying that, you know, potentially you could actually have a safer roadway without that center turn lane there and we could use uh, part of the right-of-way as well as uh, maybe one row of the parking to accommodate the five slips and have the least amount of disruption to the parking, but yet um, have a very functional um, site. But I guess, you know, we are just now kind of laying our eyes on these sites ourselves, um, And so I think our concerns right now are more general in nature. Adam, I don't know if you wanna uh, speak to that a little bit more. We could we could share the sites and put them up on the screen, but we have right now our our uh, aerial views, which um, even we have found it's better to get down on the street and look at them. Obviously, you're more familiar with them than we are, probably, Brad. Um, yeah, we can certainly. Um, I mean, I can throw a Google screen up here real quick, and we can uh, just look at each of those. Um, I think just. Tony's point, just want to be thoughtful, I guess, about how deep into um, detail we get, but we are, you know, as I look around the the, uh, the room on this call, I know we'll have folks concerned about um, trees and historic resources, and of course, you, Brad, with parking impacts and, and thinking about the different, um, uh, you know, the different types of parking spots that we have long-term and short-term, and and so those type of impacts, I think, are what are uh, what are, this consultant team would be really valuable for them to hear. So when they're weighing these options, um, they kind of know what, uh, what might be challenges. Yeah, I mean, from a parking perspective, um, I think that having a, um, you know, a, a, an advanced, you know, um, bus hub in the downtown is going to be beneficial for parking in the long term when you're talking about alternative modes of transportation into the downtown. So uh, I, I do want to iterate that I'm not, you know, over concerned about, you know, the parking impact. Um, I, I think there is a, um, a clear 
Um, the 10 hour or long term parking is generally used um, at a higher note than our short term, which is two hour. Um, and so, you know, if, if that can be played into kind of the decision making, we, we do have areas and then there's there's obviously other ways we can approach it too by just changing, um, you know, changing out some of the, the two hour or excuse me, long term in that area and replacing the, um, you know, them with 10 hours. So that's a possibility too. But I just say that's probably the only note that I have from a parking standpoint is uh, long term parking is utilized at a lot higher percentage than uh, the short term. Yeah, and I think too, Brad, just uh, just to reflect again on my comment. Um, Today, right at this particular hour, we don't have anything to show you, but by Wednesday morning, we do have a 9 to 11 scheduled uh, update for city and KU staff, which I'm pretty sure you're invited to. Um, and at that point, we're going to have some overlays and we're going to have probably gotten down to three sites for sure to show you uh, a lot more information about the impacts on the three, you know, because there's, there's already, I can t think we can say pretty sincerely right now that we're, we've already gotten to probably three. I, well, yeah, I think it's just also to um, the bigger picture items that, that maybe that are already concerns or challenges um, that maybe wouldn't be up front and in our face when it comes to operating, um, you know, in a downtown type of transfer facility. The, um, it, it could be, you know, whether it's, you know, social environment that we need to consider what types of things in the social environment, whether it's, um, let's say, even city influence, um, any sort of particular, um, you know, downtown vibe, historic influences, um, pieces that we want to pull on, or maybe even areas um, that would be more, you know, ideal in terms of a location and revitalization or adjacencies. So even hearing that overall feedback is, is huge in this early stage of the process. So I think even again, that general note of, of um, you know, long-term parking more so than short-term, that, that's a huge, um, you know, look, uh, I think to consider when we're looking at these sites, what we're removing and what we need to be replacing. Um, so any type of like even larger picture items that would be ideal in the functionality in the objective and in, in the future goals for this and how it works with the city and being a downtown site. And I think the other thing too, um, is that obviously, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, considering that the major, um, connection point is going to be moved out to Bob Billings and Crestline, um, the impacts overall on making it, a, you know, a center work are going to be a lot less because that's shifting. Um, and the route study, which is going on concurrently right now, um, this, the studies are going to inform each other. So really the program for the downtown has, um, I think, been simplified significantly with the decision to do the multimodal at, at outside, outside of the downtown business district. Is there any um, maybe aspect of the downtown location as far as for um, 
like connections or adjacencies or spur of growth that come to mind that's very vital in this development? I wondered if maybe just looking around the room, if Lynn might lend some perspective on historic resources and it's just aesthetics from a historic perspective. I also see Crystal on the call, maybe some thoughts on trees in the downtown area and, and just um, you know, from that Parks and Rec horticulture perspective. I think those are two things that'd be useful for the consultant to understand. What are you thinking about? So this is Lynn Zollner. I'm the Historic Resources Administrator for the city. And I hope um, there's some maps online, and I don't know if you have those or not, that show the historic resources in our downtown area. There are a couple of different types of reviews. Um, all the sites you're talking about would be in the downtown urban conservation overlay district. So they would have some type of historic review likely. It would go to the full Historic Resources Commission since it's not something that's contemplated in the guidelines. Um, as far as new construction, most of our new construction has been on New Hampshire Street. That's also where the majority of our multifamily uh, dwellings are in the high rises well, but their high rises for Lawrence are on New Hampshire <laughs> Street. And so that's probably a good consideration too. Um, so just taking in those historic factors, and it sounds like you're gonna use parking lots. So that's always good. Um, one of the things that we talked about in the past is how to make this a little bit more than just a transfer station. If there are ways to um, have incubator space or things of that nature that tied into the downtown, um, that would always be a plus. Okay. Great. Yeah, we did see the new development down there and we also were, uh, we were told of the farmer's market that that happens also adjacent to the New Hampshire site. So yeah, obviously that connectivity is, would be, um, you know, nice for the, for the choice users or for the users of, of the actual um, service. So any other, um, just in general, items of considerations for, for these, for these um, facilities or uh, you know, points of, of, of consideration that needs to be followed through with, um, with any of these locations or designs. And we this can talk Jasmine. About oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jasmine. Oh, I'm the sustainability director. I just wanted to uh, build off of what Lynn mentioned uh, in, in terms of thinking about how we could leverage something like this to support other things. Um, so the farmer's market has been looking for a permanent location. And we have a study that we can share with you if you haven't seen it yet, um, that's looked at some considerations of uh, some needs around what a permanent location might look like for the farmer's market, the Lawrence farmer's market and the potential connectivity uh, with a transit hub seems like a great connection. So I'd be happy to, to forward Adam that study so that he can share it with you. Great. Great. Yeah, especially if it's not going to stay in its current location, knowing that the ideal future would be nice to consider. Um, Derek Rogers, on the 
additional factors for the multimodal facility at Crestline, you know, the, the bus stations are basically gateways and Crystal can jump in if, if I'm overstepping, but I would think the horticultural design and, and the layout kind of like we had downtown would be uh, appropriate and uh, appreciated at the new center because it's just kind of bare out there. Right. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that we've been talking about internally since um, we first started engaging with the city after the city council awarded the project to Wendell is just the fact that there's a lot of potential on that site. We don't know the mind of the university yet as far as what they might have in mind, but we're actually looking at it from the, you know, from a sky level view, the potential of that entire site um, that we don't just plan a transit center that is plopped, plopped right in the middle of it, but that maybe there's a greater vision um, of, of placemaking a neighborhood out there um, to do something that is a much bigger vision. Now the transit center component doesn't need to change, but um, we may uh, you know, take some time just to say, what if we activated this entire site um, there's a, a lot of neighborhoods out there. There's a lot of university students in that area, near that area. It's near the, um, the Performing Arts Center. Um, so, I mean, that whole site potentially could be developed. Um, you know, we don't want to speak out of turn and get ahead of ourselves either. But um, what if the university were to open up um, some sort of commercial retail complementary uses, coffee shops, and I'm not saying even right in the transfer center, the multimodal center, but around it, um, small market, you know, Whole Foods type, I don't know if they have those down here, but Whole Foods type, um, you know, small neighborhood market, um, all kinds of possibilities that could be complementary uses on with land leases and retail leases with the university. I'm sure they have if they're like most universities that we work with have some kind of a model that allows uh, tenant leaseholds, you know, to be built out uh, on university property, but we don't know. Um, but it would seem that it would make sense to have a bigger long-term vision than, than just um, the multimodal center. And so we wanna be mindful of that and think about what, what are some of the other possibilities. Any thoughts on that? I did have a couple thoughts on the downtown uh, site. Sure. Um, one is that the way the buses are now, where they're kind of all lined up against the street, it seems like, and they're all diesel, so it seems like the air quality is not very good in that whole block. I've had staff kind of complain about just the air quality of being around the buses. So I don't know if there's a way to mitigate that with trees or some other um, operational uh, strategies so that they're, you know, not sitting there idling. Um, and then just having a place for people to sit or congregate that's safe and well lit and covered um, so that they're not trying to sit on, you know, landscaped areas or places where we're trying to grow plants. Um, instead, you know, I, the only bus system I've really used is the one in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they had like a cover and it was real easy to navigate. Um, and uh, anyway, that was something that they did provide. 
So. Is that the one with the big white roof on it? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, part of it was, I think. Yeah, we designed that facility in Grand Rapids. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. 25 years ago. And all That's the lights not. just went out on us here. <laughs> okay, I guess we're not, we, we had to move. Uh, <laughs> Sitting too still. It's like, what else is gonna happen to us today? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely, uh, you know, core tenant um, of designs of what we're going to do in an intermodal center or even a, a basic transfer center is we're going to have, um, well, I can let Taryn yeah. talk about that. She's the architect. Well, but, um, <laughs> we do have a lot of, um, obviously just in, gen in general knowledge of how to provide placeholding for the users. Um, and then also the other part is too, we will be including some a public couple couple public meetings um, through this process to also encourage, you know, feedback as to what the users would like while utilizing the service. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, canopy coverage is, is is pretty standard, wind protection, landscaping, um, honestly, well lighting so that it feels like a safe. Um, in safe and um, inviting environment. Those are two things. Um, a lot of transparency. So it's not an opportunity for someone not knowing what's around the corner and ahead of them, um, that type of thing. Uh, we have a lot of techniques to, uh, to utilize that we can address those concerns. And I think that's exactly what, what we're looking for is, is what what uh, we should be spending our time in, in considering and focusing on as priorities when it comes to these two properties. Um, and what is important from your perspective uh, for, for goals and visions of, this, of these facilities. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There's techniques that we will definitely do for the user to make them comfortable and safe. I have a question. Uh, this is Britt uh, with the city. I'm the economic development administrator. Um, mm -hmm. Will this, will the downtown transfer station be one level or could it possibly be potentially be other levels? And um, if there are additional levels, could it be, could it provide additional parking on the upper levels? I think or the footprint. Potential other types of space that might be needed, like um, I don't know. We're always uh, looking for affordable housing. I'm not sure if that uh, makes sense above a transfer station, but um, yeah, this is actually going to be, you know, again because the the main component of this has been moved out to Bob Billings and Crestline. You're what you're really talking about for downtown now. The vision is is uh, quite a bit different than back in 2018. And Adam, if I speak out of turn, jump in and correct me. But um, in the reading that I've done and just in kind of reviewing things, um, we've done a lot of big TOD projects like that where you have a ground floor uh, transfer center, you might have retail and you might have uh, a story of offices above that. And then you might have four stories of affordable housing mix above that. But the vision that's being cast for this is nothing like that. We're talking smaller parking lots that we're looking at. If you think of each bus slip, we're using what's, we're, we're preferring a sawtooth design, which allows those four to five buses downtown to come and go independently of each other. And if you think of about 65 linear feet per bus slip, you can kind of get an idea in your mind of 
of a, of a long island that has covering and windscreening and so forth. Um, and, and so some it's, signage and, and some signage and and that's probably going to be the limit of this particular project because all of those other amenities have moved um, out to that Bob Billings site. So this is literally more of your 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 stop and go type of situation here in downtown. More of like a, 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 a secondary transfer hub, really. And then the route system that Adam is working on is going to, you know, accommodate that as well. So I can, I might just add a little bit of, round that out a little bit, um, uh, Britt, because I think that's a good point. There's, um, so yes, the current scope of this, we're really talking about like an open air canopy. It's going to have a canopy above it, but not a building, not a structure, no internal uh, admin space or anything like that in the downtown area. Now to, to your point though, about thinking about how it fits in with economic development, because I know lots and particularly lots along Vermont and New Hampshire are targeted for future infill and economic development. Um, I think it, it may be worth thinking about how this is wrapped around by a building behind it. You know, if, mm -hmm. if the rest of the parking lot were to get developed for some higher use downtown at some point, um, I think that might be an important consideration for us on how this fits like a puzzle piece um, and doesn't prevent, I guess, that type of improvement. Yeah, that's actually exactly those type of considerations is exactly what we're looking for. Considering it now, if it's on New Hampshire, not only the now, but in the future, it might need to become part of or um, be inclusive of a facility right adjacent to it. Absolutely. The, uh, the main uh, location, one of the things that you would see in and other transit, say train stations, whatnot, would be uh, storage lockers. So if you have somebody coming in, I see this with people coming on buses, they'll be in Lawrence for two or three days and they have no place to store their belongings. So they sit with them for two or three days till they make the next connection on a bus. And so at the main site, if you have room for, for that, I think that would be a, take a burden off. Some of those people are just here um, for a couple of days and then moving on. No, that's a good point. This is uh, Brad Harrell, parking supervisor again, not to go too far back here, but one of the things I was thinking about is potentially the impact on the line of sight coming out of a parking lot. If you're adjacent to a parking lot, how is that gonna affect people that are coming out of said parking lot? Um, that might be something to consider as well. I mean, even with just some of our parking lots, the way they're designed and the on-street parking we have near them, it's already a little difficult to you know, pull out into traffic one way or the other. So might have to, um, you know, think about what that might look like, you know, whether it's a one way out of the lot or different things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of, a, a big have... part of what we do is we always separate um, the flows of traffic between car, bus, and people um, really trying to ensure there's not a lot of mixing on that front um, because of a lot of that, that safety reason um, for visibility and also obviously for safety of, of the actual pedestrians and car drivers and bus drivers for that fact. Um, so absolutely considering those paths and flows between those two vehicular approaches is, is important. 
and we do have transportation engineers mm-hmm. on our on our uh, team to look at that as well. HG from uh, Wendell obviously is full service and we can do that, but we have HG from Kansas City on our team um, specifically to look at civil and traffic engineering on the project. So good, you know, good suggestion. Yeah, I have a question. What Derek was asking about people coming in from out of town. So will this also be a transfer station for Greyhound buses or uh, tour buses um, that come in for entertainment district or things like that? Or is this just city buses? The plan right now is to include two slips for Greyhound um, to utilize at the Bob Billings location. Um, which would be the main, the main hub. Um, so that, yes, that is the intent is to have two sp- spaces for them to also utilize this as a transfer site. It's an interesting thought about entertainment type things coming into downtown. We hadn't, we'd really wanted to shift that uh, kind of regional service out to the Bob Billings site. So we had not Hadn't really been thinking about bus bays larger than a 40-foot bus downtown. Um, not to say that we couldn't, but I, I don't know that we'd considered trying to facilitate like a larger coach bus in the downtown transfer area. Sorry, Derek. Yeah, a lot of right. city 45, yeah. Um, one of the things that comes up on different discussions downtown is safe amenities, um, the restrooms, things like that, and access to. Um, if you're working on a redesign downtown, how do we address that and have a safe amenity for the community? Uh, that will be challenging. Well, I think the core mission right now is the mandatory break room for the drivers that you know, that uh, amalgamated is going to require to be quite honest. Uh, but I think it's amalgamated or ATU. That's the driver union. They, they do have to have a designated rest break. Uh, and so I know that is part of the core mission is to get that, but I'm not sure whether the space or the funds are there to do restrooms. I know that is always a very big issue in downtowns. So I don't know, Adam, if you want to get on the hot seat for that one, so to speak, but um, it, it does not always present an issue, but sometimes it can be a sensitive topic with other businesses for folks needing to use a, a public restroom. I'll just briefly add, Derek, yeah, we have looked into that, you know, in the context of us looking into what options there are for kind of standalone restrooms that we might include for drivers downtown. Um, looked at models where those types of things are open to the public as well. Uh, by my estimation, the best deployments of that happen when you also staff it with an attendant who can kind of guide and oversee that. I don't know that we currently have resources programmed for that. Um, I think that's maybe the way you make that successful, yeah. uh, but I just that don't would- know. I would actually suggest like Adam, like you were talking about downtown as you talk about economic development. I think that you, you look at this more as right now bringing and moving the people and hoping that that spurs that further economic development 
that would potentially include those types of amenities next to it or, or therefore further build upon that. Um, like, you know, usable rooms or spaces or, or, or more shops, um, restaurants or, or multi-living, um, we would honestly rely that that growth would spur those type of amenities for the downtown users or for the downtown public at large. So that a lot in Florida. Yeah, is there any like I, I'm interested to see the opinion on like uh, historic references or, um, you know, uh, let's say uh, parts of downtown that would like to be either memorialized or or even included when we think about even vision of these of these um, two different stations. Um, you know, one's on KU campus. So yeah, they, they have a lot of input as far as um, their design standards, but what about for the city and, and for the downtown stops? What, what type of vision um, comes to mind when you think of having a transfer station and what that should communicate for, for the city and its, its users? This is Jasmine with sustainability again. I, I was just thinking about the connection to the city of Lawrence's strategic plan that's um, in development right now. And our first outcome is Lawrence is a welcoming community. So I'll put this in the chat too, but with arts, diverse culture, fun, and a quintessential downtown. And so even thinking about like, okay, what's the physical manifestation of those things? And could that be um, a driving force for what the uh, aesthetics look like, um, especially, you know, as, as people are traveling and, you know, downtown is, is that key, key point for identification of, of Lawrence. Um, yeah, I, th I think that would be really interesting to think of how, how we could manifest that in a, in a, um, a space like this. Yeah, kind of what Jasmine said. Our, our first one is unmistakable identity and its uniqueness and its character of downtown Lawrence and in the design and the vision, something that is different. I'm sure you, you both are thinking that way in, in the design, something unique, something that stands out that when people see it is, well, I haven't seen a, a station like that in a good way. And that's pretty cool. Right. No, and actually, it's exactly what I'm trying to get at. You mentioned the words uh, character of Lawrence. So uh, what do you, I mean, and you guys have, have the best knowledge of that. Um, what, what type of things resonate the character of Lawrence, in your opinion? You know, that, that's like a blind person trying to fill an elephant. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I just noticed like even like it's, the historic, like the bricks, you know, I've seen Lawrence, you know, bricks around the town almost everywhere. There's, there's certain things that, that really scream Lawrence that you want to incorporate or really stand out as something that needs, that needs to be, you know, part of this element or an element of this. I'll have to think about it. Lynn might know Absolutely. More historical, um, <laughs> the diversity of culture and, and just, uh, the mix of different ideas. Yeah, and I think it's 
um, fine to do something that's modern or contemporary as long as it's compatible with the historic district and buildings. I think when a lot of people think about downtown Lawrence, they think about Massachusetts Street and the historic buildings that they see there. I don't think you want to mimic that in a new transfer station, but I think you really want to be considerate of the size and the scale, the massing and the materials um, that you're using on a new design. The other thought I had is something that is really important, I think, to people when they're visiting downtown is artwork. If there's a way to incorporate public art in this transfer station, I think that would be really important. And then also looking at sustainability or there, if you're going to have extra lights or um, electricity or whatever at this station, then are there ways to make that a sustainable um, source? Absolutely. Great. Yeah, these are exactly what we're talking about as far as making sure we we are trying to gather, we're taking the time now to, to hear from each group um, and really hear as far as what they consider the, the consideration individually, you know, can, what's, what's the goal, what's the vision, what should be included, what is, you know, wants and needs um, to help us really, so, so we're going to take this information and we're going to create a more the 2D development of this after knowing kind of what is necessary um, and help our job is to obviously take all this information from all the different stakeholder groups um, and, and make that look into one cohesive end product. Um, and a lot of the goals and visions and needs are, are gonna align naturally, which is great. Um, there are some that we might need to weigh out as you know wants versus needs, what can fit into the budget or what could be accommodated maybe better in something else. Um, or if yes, it needs to be part of this project. Um, and then what we do is we'll, we'll start getting that into a more formalized 2D version next, and then ultimately down the road, a 3D version next. So this is the very early planning stage. And that's why it's, it sounds general now, but a lot of these things that you've talked about are key points that we need to consider when even in the 2D or in the generic kicking off point of, of these two facilities. So absolutely anything else that can provide um, more insight of considerations of when developing that, because obviously adding down the road is, is much harder um, into a project like this. So I guess, I don't know how much we're doing on time right now. Where are we? We're okay. I know we're, I know we're right at time. I do, um, uh, not to put Brad on the spot, but I, I saw Brad Allen join. I just, um, I know Brad might have just some unique perspective. He's director of the library across the street. And for a long time, there's been um, just a lot of interaction between transit and the library. So I don't know, Brad, if you can provide any perspective on what works well and what doesn't or what um, you might like to see out of better transit operations downtown and what that does or doesn't do for the library. Sure, uh, you know, I mean, we, 
you know, that it's been across the street for a good while. Um, we like being, um, we like being right there at the hub, you know, it makes it easier for people to get to the library. Uh, I know that there have been significant challenges for the, for transit, trying to just cram all those buses on that um, block, you know, that's not easy. And most people are crossing in the middle of the street where, you know, I see Jessica here on the call, like she and uh, back when Leslie Soden was around, you know, we're coming to see whether we could put a crosswalk there in the middle of the block and there's just no space for it. You know, it, it's tight and it's crammed. So, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm not sure much what to say other than we've, you know, we've always, um, uh, we've never had an issue with this being across the street from, from the library. You know, we like, we liked the idea of a hub um, being downtown, How, what kind of impact this will have on folks that kind of think there is kind of a crew of folks who just kind of hang around the hub of the, of the transit system. I don't know if that'll really happen at 15th and Crestline when mastery doesn't a block away. So it'll, I think it'll change the dynamic of, um, at least how the, the hub operates. I'm not sure if it will change the dynamic of people of, of kind of who just hangs around outside of the library day to day. But um, yeah, sorry. I, um, I, those would be just general comments. It's um, also, I, I do think figuring out some way, I, some way that the, then this is slightly outside of this, um, or maybe it's not, the Greyhound is still really being around the corner, a bit of uh, confusion and problem for folks. Greyhound doesn't really do a very good job letting people know <laughs> where that hub is. Um, and so people will be sitting in the library and then miss their bus, um, is it, you know? And so I do think that if, if there's a strong advantage to being able to figure out how to integrate the Greyhound into the multimodal hub, that would be great. It would also be great if there was some way that people could actually buy a ticket since they don't have that ability, you know, like you, you buy them online. If you want to pay cash, you got to go out like West sixth street and pick one up. So it's really inconvenient um, for people if they can't navigate just using the Greyhound page. So those would be good things from, for, you know, probably a minor group of riders, but the idea of Greyhound being integrated in would be, it's not a huge issue, but it would be important. It, it struggles being around the corner, but I like that one of the reasons that we offered to have it sit by the library was because we have computers and they're right next to, you know, it, it gets you set up being just around the corner from the main hub if you're going to take a bus once you land in town. So, With that said, uh, is there, I never want to focus on negative, but is there maybe groups or 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 mixing that we should be aware of that maybe may not be as receptive or as positive for um, a downtown station or something to consider in that perspective of potential issues or, or, or things to tackle. Um, do you mean? And this could be, uh, and it's an open question. Is there yeah. you know, areas that wouldn't be as receptive? Are you there, know, are you, are there folks that would be, excited about the hub not being downtown is that what you're asking <laughs> or yes a, i mean I, it's funny i was just talking to a in friend general that maybe we shouldn't <laughs> no, i mean it's i mean i will say you know from our standpoint you know it will be interesting to see if the dynamic in front of the library changes i don't think it will i think it's just kind of become a place that people hang out just because they know that it's, you know 
it's like everybody used to hang out in a certain part of the mall because you knew you'd see the people at the mall that you see in that spot of the mall. I think it's kind of just that deal. It's a it's a well-known crew of folks that just know each other and hang out. Um, you know, Derek and I have talked about this. You know, I mean, a lot of these folks are they're not homeless. Um, like I think a lot of people interpret that a lot of the people that sit around all day in front of the library are homeless. They're not. That's just where they hang out. Um, and one of the reasons is they get on the bus all, you know, on and off the bus all the time. So they'll probably continue to do that. It'll just be, the routes will be somewhat different, I would imagine. But, you know, I mean, are there people that complain to us? Yes. You know, um, and some of it is legitimate and some I think is fear of people that are not like you, that are really not going to harm you, but, um, those would be, it's funny. I was just talking to a friend about a, a guy who works here, who used to, he works at Eugene public library and it went out there a long time ago. And, you know, somebody's like, oh, library used to be great until they put the bus hub right next to it. And now it's garbage, you know? So, I mean, to your, I'm not saying that that's the case here, but that was the perception in Eugene was the bus people were messing up the library. And that's not the way that the library thinks about it here. We serve everybody. Um, but uh, yeah. I just think of it as a convenience thing and I don't know how all the routes will work. So, so I just, I'll just off the top of my head. I wasn't exactly sure what all the format of, of this whole, um, whole thing is, but. Well, and Brad, I don't think that's uncommon. Um, I'm from central Minnesota, a uh, hundred thousand population, similar community, 20,000 students at the university, uh, St. Cloud state, and they built a brand new regional library. And uh, we're the granite. We're one of the granite states. St. Cloud's one of the granite capitals of the of the world. Um, and they built this beautiful uh, granite wall that's about two and a half to three feet high with a flat top, and it goes all the way along the perimeter of the entrance. And I don't know what the designer was actually thinking, but there's a lot of people that just sit right out in front of the library, right in front where people drop off and pick up on the wall. Um, and it's not just homeless people. There are some, there is some of that, but it's kind of like a cultural click out there, um, to be quite honest. Um, and so, you know, a lot of those people get a bad rap and we have, you know, two bus slips right near our library and there's a lot of activity. It's one of our highest boarding spots, uh, in the downtown area. So it's, it's your mindset really a lot of times of how you want to view uh, the situation. There's lots of different views. A question, Tony, I missed the first two meetings, but for the downtown transfer, is it determined it's going to be in the same location or are you looking all over downtown for a location as you look at what you're going to need to build? and, and get we're, we're, we're looking at um, three locations, uh, parking lots on Vermont Street. Um, none of them are in front of the library, I don't <laughs> believe. Um, where the two that uh, the two city parking lots that that seem to have some potential are the bookends on the north and south uh, on Vermont, and I don't off the top of my head know which uh, streets those are. Um, and then we're looking at two sites over on um, New Hampshire, uh, right one right across from the farmers market, and the other on the south, I believe, in the south end. Okay. And don't have my bearings quite yet here in Lawrence, but. <laughs> yeah, so so in general, the, the concept would be to um, utilize uh, a small portion of the parking um, street 
and sidewalk and morph that to include the stop, provide a safer pedestrian path, um, you know, provide a, a, a safer bus pull off and as well as looking as to how to accommodate that parking that gets removed, whether it's across the street or in that lot, maybe with a, you know, some sort of realignment uh, or repurposing or relaying out the component. Um, so we're trying to keep it along the road, obviously, so that it is easier for that, that stop and go service. Um, we also have talked about um, ways that it can actually be more inclusive as a stop rather than that weird spot that you kind of walk through going down the street. Um, and whether it includes some public art or a cool little park or interesting landscaping component um, so that it is part of the fabric um, rather than just buses next to a parking lot. Um, so that's kind of the conversations where we've been talking about, but we also know, you know, it's a tough subject when you talk about, I'm going to take up part of a parking lot. Everyone wants their parking spaces, right? Um, but at the same time, that information of, yeah, that long-term is more valuable, that type of stuff helps us with how do we substitute the give and the take with this relationship. Um, and if we, if we use kind of a complete streets approach and, look at traffic calming and different things, techniques that we can do. For example, on one of the lots on Vermont, you could get rid of the center turn lane, um, use part of that for the regular roadway, bump out the intersection um, so that you can have safe pedestrian access and then turn the other side of the street into diagonal parking and actually maybe end up with more parking or net zero, or, or uh, maybe not a net zero, but maybe you lose half as many spots as it would if you just leave the roadway the way that it is. So we're gonna use all the different tools we have in our toolbox to, to look at it holistically from you know a number of different ways so that we can get the best result. Mm -hmm. I, I would say as being a, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad that y'all brought up the I think 600 to 800 blocks of Vermont and I, you know Adam and I talked about that I agree that those are better locations I think you've got a better opportunity or even if you think of the library as the busiest entry point for any of the businesses on Vermont it's getting people not trying to cross mid block I mean we're just lucky nobody has been hit by a car the amount of jaywalking that happens there and so the minute you take it off that block and I think that you know, that block is just jammed up with not enough space. So I, I like those ideas. And then people are going to have to come from the North or the South and they'll use the crosswalks when they come to the library. So I, you know, the, the 800 block has always looked attractive to me. As Adam said, I, I always assume all, he didn't say this, I'm saying this, that I assumed that um, you could give up some space on the 800 block of Vermont, but it's actually quite popular for people to park there. But we do have this massive parking garage that remains quite empty a good bit of the time. We just need to get people used to parking in the garage. I don't know how you do that in a town this size, but um, people don't seem to like to do it, but you do it by there not being parking on the other block of Vermont, I guess. But, um, you know, there is a lot right there. And just the way that the streetscape is set up on the 800 block of Vermont, I think you have really good opportunities. 
And I just want to make sure I'm I'm on the same page as you. When you say the 800 block, that's the between 8th and the 9th Street. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So right across from the Carnegie building. and Yeah, there's like, you know, yeah. that dentist office. So, you know, it's yeah. like look, a lot yeah. of times there won't even be cars parked on the, that parallel parking. I know the lot is full, you know, but when I walk down to um, Wheatfields or something like that, you know, it's not like you've got heavy density um, stuff going on there. One side is the backside of a parking lot and then the other side are like dentist office things like that so you have some good opportunities there um i i, I think at, at whoever had suggested that it was adam or who, uh, he had maybe mentioned it and it's been moved there when things are going on on 700 block before and it there um i like that idea it certainly is could be a really good location i think the 800, right. 800 block of vermont though is going to pose challenges with those businesses if that's the site that is selected is just from the street events and the, and the people we deal with downtown, when we start talking uh, special events on mass and everywhere else, parking is always the big issue. And that's probably the section that will get the most feedback. Yeah. yeah. If you, if, if you were talking about the 600 block, Tony, like that's intriguing. Like I never even think about that block and it's, you know, people turn wrong way north on it all the time. You know, I mean, there is so much you could do with that block. It's a weird, it's the weirdest block downtown. So there's a way that you could do something with it. No, you we're, know. Actually, we're actually 8th, 9th, and 10th. Sorry. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the 600 block yeah, is so bizarre. Here. You know, it could use some reworking in general. Yeah, so the, the, the blocks on Vermont, the, the lots on Vermont that we're looking at are between 8th and 9th, 9th and 10th, and 10th and 11th. So the 8th, 9th, and 10th, 100 blocks of Vermont. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and on, honestly, um, the 800 block of Vermont provides the most in the most opportunity with the least from just generically looking again, we'll, we'll dive into this in the next couple of days with that least intrusion on the parking and the business parking that is next to it. The other lots are starting to get a lot a quite crunched when it comes to the need for the bus slips. And then that would then mean eating into those lots even more. Um, so that's what we're in the next, after all, gathering a lot of this needs and program aspect, we got to go play with the parts and see what really works. Because if at the end of the day, they, the, the program can't fit, the program can't fit. That's not a valuable option, not even worth going down the road. Um, so we're going to play with that um, after we kind of get all the pieces together. But absolutely, um, parking it's always the biggest consideration of, of making sure that that's tried to be replaced as much as possible. Yeah. Okay. So uh, thank you for your indulgence with our technology issues today. Um, I think we were able to get a good amount of time in here uh, by extending our time here. Um, we've got about 12 minutes to switch over to our next meeting uh, at four o'clock. So thank you so much. If there's anything else that you have that comes to your mind, please don't hesitate to shoot it over to Adam um, or to Ann on those. Uh, you have her email on the public engagement uh, from the appointments and things you've received. And again, if you can join us on Wednesday morning from nine to 11 or Thursday morning from nine to 11 to see some of our design ideas, um, we welcome you to do that. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day.